I was reminded about the fact that we were queuing up one night and we didn't have dress shoes on and the dress code was that you had dress shoes not trainers or sneakers or converse or anything that looked informal so we would take our socks and put them on the outside of our shoes in the hope <laughs> that they'd let us go in and of course you had the beauty of the guest list and your name's not down love you're not coming in which I, that was quite good actually maybe I should just be cockney for the rest of my life come and stay a while amid the British charm that is called my brain. I'm a journalist and pastor in California, but don't hold that against me. I wasn't brainwashed. I chose to leave my atheism on my own accord, consequently after two sips of Kool-Aid. But that's for another time. These opinions are my own, most of the time. The humour was learned of a book I found in a hedge, and the dreamer in me, well, she's here to stay. So, you're very welcome. Hello, darlings. Lovely to have you back with me. Lovely to be back with you. Um, I'm currently recording this from the UK. I have uh, come home to visit my mother and my family. And uh, it's been a lovely time. But I also am very aware that 2018 to 2019, or any year to be precise, for 30s and 40s and 50s in this single time of life, uh, it can be a little bit more challenging. We're reminded so often of what we don't have at Christmas, I think because we're collating so many that we do love together. And so we're aware of the empty chairs or uh, the empty baby cribs, so to speak. And so I wanted to record something about being single in my late 30s. And I wanted to reach out to those who have messaged me saying, we're married, but we're actually feeling rather isolated from singles. So I actually have uh, messages from both sides of the equation. Singles feeling left out by couples. Once our friends become married and they achieve the dreams that they want, uh, there can be a tendency for them to get so focused on family. And, uh, and of course, this is what they've been dreaming all their life, a lot of them especially. Um, so there's a part of us that has to sort of recognise um, the beauty of the dream that has come true and the beauty of relishing family and marriage, just as we should. And yet at the same time, I think we shouldn't punish ourselves for being single. I think too many times we have church environments that are so very focused on marriage. We have many preachers and teachers that are often using the blessings of the Lord and reverting to their child or their husband or wife to being such a blessing. And of course, I see a lot of Christian singles in the audience and they wonder just out of interest if they have as much worth as someone from the front. Now, of course, in my eyes, I believe they do. And I actually want to remind singles today of just how valuable you are. Um, you actually, oh gosh, I've got to be careful what I say, but you're actually brilliant friends. You're the type of person that are mobile enough to go around and visit lots of different people. Even on New Year's Eve, I visited six different sets of friends um, because, of course, everyone had their children. And unless we get, you know, a very willing babysitter to take care of 30 different children, then it needs to take a few of us to be a little bit more flexible. It's one of the things I love being about single, um, single times in my life are the fact that I can uh, literally jet off at the flick of a hat. And uh, that's not even a phrase, the flick of a hat. That doesn't even make any sense. A flick of a switch, I was meant to say. Um, but there is something rather beautiful about knowing that we can be adaptable um, towards the needs of our friends. Um, even if you look at Paul in the New Testament and just when he was traveling, the amount of people that came to see him 
goes to show just how many hours that he'd put into writing letters, uh, how many people he'd co- corresponded with and touched base with. Um, I've seen too often, sadly, people lose their friendships as soon as they've got married and have children. Um, or they become very affiliated with the mums group nearby, but they've sort of forgotten about their singles um, and forgotten about the wonderful history they've made with them. One of the things I would say is I think sometimes it's not to do... to do. They're not doing that but to be selfish. I think sometimes it's down to the fact they're worried it's too painful. They're worried that if you now start watching them with a child, is it going to bring up more pain for you? Well, even if it were to, I think it's more painful when your friend makes the decision for you to actually not only are we dealing with <clears throat> feeling like we might be left behind, but also the fact that now I don't even have my friend to talk to about. <laughs> so I think to to really address a few things, I want to address a few things of how do we live a successful single life and how do we do it whilst we're getting older? Because, of course, the dynamics are very much changing Um you know, it's funny being back in my own hometown. I was brought up here since the age of about 11. A lot of my friends are still here where they all sort of went to different cities and decided to come back, have children and bring up their children here because it is such a brilliant town to bring up children. And of course, Stanford is one of the most prettiest towns in England. So why wouldn't you? We all actually were reminiscing the other night. I have lots of friends that I've known since I was about 11. And um, we were reminiscing the other night about just what we used to, the antics we used to get up to. And there is nothing like having history with friends. There's nothing like having friends of 27, 28 years. And I, I think there's something, there's no facade with those ones. There's no pretense or performance. You can't hope that people just see the best version of you. They've literally seen the very worst of you. And we were even reminiscing about... <laughs> There are two, three nightclubs back in the day when we were um, in our teens. And, um, of course, the the legal age was about 18. And I think we were trying to uh, be much older than we probably were. Dare I say, we were probably younger than 18 at the time. But, and I don't condone that now, to be honest with you. Of course, by the time we got to 18, we were a bit bored and we were just raving it at different sort of super clubs and these sort of wild, huge gatherings that weren't all focused on drug taking or drinking it was actually very focused on dancing and just recreational fun rather than recreational drugs of course they did take place but um very few of us were actually involved in that we really did focus on the music and the dancing and I kind of miss those days I miss that that people younger than me don't have those sort of wild big huge events where two to three thousand people will be gathering on a, on a Saturday night and we would travel for two or three hours at a time what's this got to do with being single well the reality is there's something lovely about community and group adventures and even if it was just to the local nightclub and I was reminded about the fact that we were queuing up one night and we didn't have dress shoes on and the dress code was that you had dress shoes not trainers or sneakers or converse or anything that looked informal so we would take our socks and put them on the outside of our shoes in the hope (laughs) that they'd let us go in and of course you had the beauty of the guest list and your name's not down love you're not coming in which that was quite good actually maybe i should just be cockney for the rest of my life anyway so there are these wonderful memories that you sort of build and restore with your friends that um, that just make you feel known. They make you feel like you've shared experiences. And these are friends now who are married with children and nothing, none of that changed anything. 
if anything, it's just they add, we're adding more to the family. And I think we th- seem to think that, oh, when we have, once you have children, then you can't fit in everything else. And you have to have very specific time slots. And of course, we have to adjust. We have to be aware. We can't, we can't have things the same way that they used to be. But the reality is, is I'm so grateful to my friends who are married and um, to their husbands for inviting me in into their family and into their world and into their life. And um, this reminder that I seem to see so often on Facebook, I've often seen people go, well, once you have children, you'll understand. Or once you're, once you're married, you'll understand. Or even they're cancelling very late in the, in the moment of a of a diary schedule that you're planning to have and they sort of go, you know, the thing is, darling, I have a husband these days and <laughs> so therefore I get to cancel you on the last moment. And I'm like, no, we does, it doesn't mean that we start losing our principles about, <laughs> about meeting up. It doesn't mean that um, there is actually still a duty to um, your integrity towards each other. Um, and I think we need to just look through a few things of how do we, how do we, truly own our single season without wishing we were in a different one it gets harder as you get older I will say that um when I see people before the age of 30 sorry people that are in their sort of late 20s and and feeling like it's never going to happen but I think when you get to your late 30s you really think it's not going to (laughs) happen And it becomes a very different approach. You really have to start because you're also very aware or you've been taught potentially that children are your only legacy. Whereas actually, there are many other things you can do outside of children that still are a great legacy. I mean, Paul is a perfect example. Jesus Christ is a perfect example of leaving legacy without having family. And that doesn't mean to say that we don't give ourselves some space to have some pain. I've had certainly days, maybe even a week or two, of periods of time where it feels so dark, I want out. And I'm not suggesting I go into suicidal thoughts necessarily. But it is. it does get to a place of, oh, I feel really blue. And it's often sparked by surrounding myself with a lot of people that think their marriage and their, their family is their everything. And maybe it is. But that doesn't mean to say that has to be your story right now. And it might just be that is going to be your story in the future. But we have to make sure we have a good balance of different dynamics in our lives so we don't start comparing to just one set of um, framework, one set of perspectives. I've been in a um, a journey recently where um, I've just been so aware that if I don't know what my purpose is in life, if I don't know what my dreams are, I really start to struggle. Um, if I'm not taking care of myself because I'm trying to fulfill my purpose and make my calling be known and be significant and have more followers on Instagram and all those things that a lot of people do to satisfy the dull ache of not having a meaningful relationship, those things will dissipate once you start to realise people are actually getting very fulfilled in what they do and they're very fulfilled in loving relationships. Now, it doesn't mean to say that there aren't people that have all of those and still have a fantastic Um, exposure and appearance on social media. But I am aware that we need to start looking about how are we doing with the balance of our lives? How are we doing with our purpose, our dreaming, our community? Are you doing nothing but work because there isn't much of a community and there isn't much of intimate relationships that you can find nearby? Well, that's something that I would suggest needs to be addressed because take it from me, uh, you do burn out. (laughs) Secondly, 
do you have people that you don't have to wear the mask with? The ones that you just get to go for a walk and just go, life's a bit tough at the moment, actually. And do you mind if I just cry on your shoulder for a bit more? And they go, yeah, I'll cry with you, you know? The ones that aren't trying to fix you, that aren't trying to give you some kind of scripture that they feel more validated in some way that fixes it for you. Um, But actually people that just find compassion with you. Um, And equally, there's there's a strong pull towards me with women in their 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s who are single and they look to me and they feel like I've, I've got an answer. And I, what breaks my heart is that I don't necessarily have an answer, although I do know how to be grateful for this side of being married. I'm very grateful that I didn't settle. I'm very grateful that I didn't get too picky. <laughs> I'm very grateful that I have actually had the courage and the boldness to try out relationships, even if it doesn't work out. I'm very grateful that in the last few years, especially, I've dis- I've received nothing but honour with guys. And if they're being dishonourable, I'll tell them where they're being dishonourable, <laughs> um, rather than just allow people to sort of bulldoze into my life because they're trying to get their knees met from me. But one of the things that I feel so grateful for is the fact that I have a voice in this particular subject that many other people don't have. And I've got a few lists, really, to advise to couples helping with singles. And I've got a few things to advise to singles um, in their season. So let me just talk a little bit about advice I would give to couples, quite frankly, who have got single friends that um, are not in the same boat that you are, and a few things to avoid, a few things to do. Don't try and fix them. Stop trying to tell them answers as to why they're still potentially single. Just because you married at 23 does not mean the same formula is going to work for the person that is now 33. Um, And in fact, it it makes them feel more lonely as they walk away from your sweet little house with your children and your husband. That doesn't help going, oh, you know, or making comments about other people going, I can't believe they're 35 and still single. And there's obviously something wrong. Or they list it down to issues that this person has. They're instantly trying to find a reason. Well, the reality is... There are six to seven billion people on this planet. And to have someone that is going to be your life partner, because here's the deal, kids, and most of us are aware of at least a few friends that have gone through divorce, that is the worst thing to wish upon anyone. Some people sort of flippantly go, well, there's always divorce. It's the worst thing for to watch a friend go through, believe me. And there's a reason why I've taken so long to marry my first one. I'm not scared of commitment, but I'm, so, I'm certainly nervous about marrying the wrong one. And so couples, just being sure to make sure you're very honest about your marriage. Don't, don't cover up that this is this wonderful, amazing thing when we're all very aware that marriage takes its own journey and its own course. But it, equally, don't allow the disgruntlements of your own marriage to be the lessons that your friend being single should take. Does that make sense? I mean to say, your advice will be coming from your experience with your husband, but we're never going to marry your husband, I hope. (laughs) We're never going to marry who you fell in love with and who you experienced your covenant experience with. So, So what works for you is wonderful and beautiful and we treasure it and we celebrate it. But make sure you don't add on your formula of your experiences towards someone who is wired differently to you. They have a different code system. They might even believe in very different things to you. 
So be careful to not to give your ethics to someone that has a very different set of ethics. Equally, at the same time, we need to make sure that we are open enough to speak into your um, into your singleness. Don't shut them out. Don't have um, dining um, dining events where it's just couples, or you're worried that you're going to invite your single friend and everyone else is couples. Well, just have a conversation with them going, hey, listen, I really want you at this at this dinner tonight. And um, it's all these people. How, how do you feel about it? I'm actually going to try and see if I can find some other single friends just so then you don't feel alone and you don't feel like it's become a thing, especially if this is just a painful month for you because we have painful months. And there's nothing more beautiful about having that conversation. So when you arrive to the event... You're set up for success as a single. You're set up for, we cherish you. You have a place at this table. Whether or not you have a spouse or who you lay your head down to at night is, is neither here nor there. What you are is a gift to this environment without whoever you're in love with. And I really wish and I really hope that more churches are starting to push this thing because we are getting older. I hate to say it, but our maturity is not as good as it used to be. Thank you very much to Talira for being so instant that we don't know the art of perseverance and we don't understand the building of character and how that takes time. So we are maturing later. We've been told that options are limitless <laughs> and so what we're doing is we're 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 aware that well there are many things I like about this person but 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 what about eHarmony <laughs> and all the things that that offers me so I very much do believe in the fairy tale we have been open to a lot more options now rather than marrying which was the majority of um, statistical marriages 20 years ago is that they married someone within five mile radius of where they lived um, or the workplace so things have changed. We have to accept the fact that things have changed. But that also means sweet couples who are married in your 20s that you're going to need to make more places at the dinner table for singles. Because otherwise we're going to start to have this segregated community. We're going to start having people who are married and have children and babies. And then we have all the singles that are still trying to figure who out their, their person is. And if they're getting older... Of course, some people drop off the radar, if that makes sense, because of marriage. So then this loneliness sets in. But I would say the loneliness is dissipated for me thanks to having friends who overcome their discomfort of not having partners for their single friends um, and therefore the dynamics easier over dinner. No, no. This is about community and anyone can come to the table. Everyone should come to the table. So if there are, if that dynamic I was referencing earlier on, if there are certain parents and um, spouses that are experiencing isolation from singles, it's because potentially we've not cultivated this understanding that the table has married partners, single partners, divorced partners, widows and widowers. There are many people that have a different story to you and they still have something to bring to the table. Just because people are married doesn't mean they have more to bring to the table than you do. And you can feel my passion about this right now because I'm seeing so many women lose their destiny and their purpose and their dreams and their ambitions because they feel like they are discounted without a husband. And for me, that's wrong. It's not biblical. When Paul talks about if you have lusts, then marry. 
And of course, we have to navigate. Well, how do I navigate that? Because I do have desires to be married. And of course, we have desires to be married. But don't don't let your lack of marriage make you feel like you are worthless or that you don't have a point around the table because you do. And I'm really sick to death of seeing communities not bring in more of a heightened awareness to the loneliness that happened. I'm so compassionate about this subject right now. For women and men who are feeling so lonely because they just haven't met that person and they're trying and it's the most vulnerable part of our lives, I think, this side of covenant is dating. And so they need a network like you. They need people that see them and believe in them and don't need people to adjudicate or suggest they've got issues or to make big analogies or decision factors that they need healing in some area before they're married. If I can be honest, I've seen many marriages that I'm like, this is actually quite toxic. But you're going to stick in there and I pray you find healing and freedom in your marriage. But don't start pontificating or having a holier-than-thou approach to other people who are single because you got married. That doesn't make any sense to me. And to be honest with you, I could have easily done the same thing. I could have married four times and I could have been the same person sitting in there. And I could have continued that marriage and I would have been living a, a marriage, but it wouldn't have necessarily been an anointed one. It wouldn't have been a powerful one. It wouldn't have been the best one. And so I chose not not to be married early. Uh, not because I think my marriage later down the line is going to be better. Because unfortunately, I was exposed to so many unhappy marriages. And um, that in itself created a heightened awareness um, and a, a much lesser naivety of what you go into with marriage. Sometimes it's a curse, sometimes it's a blessing. But couples, be very careful to not isolate yourself from people who are single, from the ones that are still working it out. Because what starts to happen is this sense that, am I ever going to be loved? Am I, is anyone ever going to find me worthy enough to be married to? And if we come in, in our, in our very busy schedule day, because we focus so much on what we can do for other people in our communities and our workplace and our purpose, we come into a, a dining event at some point and comments are made about how um, these are things you need to change. They might be true. And here's a word to the singles. It might be true. There might be things that they share with you that you don't want to hear, but you do need to change them. And it's really important that we have that because there is lessons and there are things to experience from marriage that we don't know this, this side of it. And I would say I've been very blessed by shadowing a lot of counsellors who counsel married couples um, and therapists and family therapists. I read an awful lot of books on things, but that doesn't mean to say that I've had the personal experience. The closest I've had to it was obviously cohabiting with someone for, for and being with someone for five years. So I, have a, I had a good taster of it, to be honest with you. Um, the hardest part of finishing a relationship after five years and living with them is the fact that it felt like a divorce. It was a mini divorce in my eyes, but um, community doesn't necessarily treat it like that. So that can feel very lonely, very isolated. And I, gosh, I could do a whole podcast on cohabiting in itself and why we shouldn't be doing it. But the reality is... Um, 
we we do need to have married friends in our lives, singles. And so it's very important that you create um, a table big enough for your married friends. Just because they have achieved their dreams doesn't mean they don't get invited. And in fact, it's very important, especially in the formative years, that we as singles remind them of who they are so they don't get lost in their marriages. And so they actually bring themselves to their own marriage. Um, it helps in some ways to avoid codependency. And equally, there's a strength in a, um, an undivided devotion to the Lord that you get to have as singles. And I would, you know, people have sometimes said, you know, you're very wise, Carrie. And I'm like, ooh, some days yes, some days no. Um, but I think the wisdom's come, actually, from, from having to face an awful lot of things that, my, that, that singleness brings when you get older. Um, you have to face some of the things in yourself. Um, you can't hide behind a spouse to defend you. You can't hide behind your children um, to satisfy um, a dull ache of loneliness. And of course, I think I've got some of my friends saying, gosh, I'd love nothing more than just have a day off. Do you know what it's like to have children? And I'm like, no, I don't. Um, but careful how you use that language because that doesn't help. Um, so yeah, be very careful, couples, to not patronise those that are single. You'd be surprised at how much singles learn uh, this side of um, covenant, outside of not having children and having a spouse because they don't have those things. They learn things just like Paul did just like many leaders and characters have in the Gospels. And on the other side of things, um, singles, I think it's very important to not think your dreams begin when you marry. Um, it's a dream. It's probably one of the ultimate dreams to have a very meaningful relationship. But it gets very lonely sometimes if you're just focusing on that thing. And so what does it look like to do undivided devotion to the Lord or... If there are any unbelievers listening to this podcast, because I know there are, what does it look like to be your very greatest version of yourself that is the most philanthropic version of yourself to give to the world? Because you could sit here moping and feel really sorry for yourself. And I put up a, a quote over Christmas of someone asking a friend, what do I do at Christmas if I'm feeling so alone if I'm going to be alone at Christmas what do I do and the friend replies and says uh, take that loneliness and find someone else who's lonelier than you and bring them in make room for them make space for them around the table and make sure that the compassion you slow so long for for yourself is found for other people and that's what I hope in my very humble humblest of ways this podcast will do to those that are feeling lonely, that, if, that do struggle on days to not find that person. But what I would say is this. The more lonelier feeling is to be in a marriage that is just so toxic, that is uh, not finding peace or sanctuary, that is not growing. It, you're dying. <clears throat> there is no plateau. And so I think... You've got to remember not to look at marriage with rose-tinted glasses or that it saves you. It will certainly satisfy you in other areas that you won't get when you're single. But I would suggest you also get to live the life of Riley in the sense of you get to travel. And I'm just, I've listed a few things that you will get to experience whilst you're single. So 
as I re- read out a little, just a few pointers, one thing I do need to make it very clear is that I read as I read this list, this is not me saying, this is why it's great to be single and let's say goodbye to marriage, everyone. That's not what I'm saying at all, okay? If there is a worrying in your heart to be married, there is a worrying in your heart to be married. And uh, no justification of how great it is to be single will take that away. Um, and nor do I want it to. I think my most important thing that I can say to you is don't forget some of the things that singleness has to offer just because you would like to be married. So um, I've just got a few pointers. One is recognize just the amount of building your character you can do um, that isn't focused on another person. Now, that doesn't mean to say, yes, we get to be very, very selfish. But I would say this, because of the amount of exposure you have and the amount of, in, in regards to so many different people being single, you're not defined by one person or one covenant. So you actually get to see very different layers of yourself, just as much as covenant gives you a very different layer of yourself and makes you um, understand uh, just the power of uh, accountability and um, compromise and self-sacrifice. There is a beautiful thing about being single, which is you can literally travel the globe and have your best life, quite literally have your best life if you wanted to sons an intimate relationship so just remember that in your every morning of like I could literally do anything today I could I could get on a plane and I could go to Brussels if I want I don't know why I'm going to Brussels apparently in this moment <laughs> but I could if I wanted to and I could hook up with a friend that I know there and see them for a night and then come back and just have this lovely experience of new adventure. And a lot of my friends do that. Um, They're not sitting twiddling their thumbs feeling so sorry for themselves that they don't have a significant other. And of course, you'll you'll be aware of codependency because if you are out there traveling on your own and you're pining after somebody to be there in this with you, then honestly for me, we need to find a way of feeling more satisfied outside of it. Um, So take your friends, go with friends. Know that you actually are very um, reliable if you choose to be reliable. You're a very reliable friend and you're someone that can be very flexible for other people's needs. So for as much as people might look at a singleton and say, oh, they're very selfish. No, actually, if you posture your heart to help other people, you could be one of the most useful people in your community because you're single and because you don't have children. And you only need to look at the likes of Mother Teresa, quite frankly, who saved an entire city, if not world, from the stigma of leprosy. There are too many opportunities for us there are too many grievances of the lord for us to sit here and wallow in the fact that we don't have a meaningful relationship and i bet you anything the majority of people who are getting on with a potential purpose or calling or have a compassion for something that actually could look like action somehow some way you actually have the potential to create any event to start up any table that you want that is focused on particular things, particular heart postures. If you are a creative person, ensure that your creativity is being sparked as much as possible and you're not waiting for the person to come around so then you can just invest all of this romance into. You can actually re 
structure that romance into different ways. You can think of surprises for your friends. You can think of ways to um, just enjoy adventure with people that are willing to have an adventure with you. I mean, for me, I just love design. So when I bought two houses earlier this year, there was nothing more beautiful than involving 45 people in that journey. And hey, guess what? The majority of them were single because they had the time and we all really had a lovely time. We were exhausted, we were tired, but we had so much fun. And every hurdle we came across, I wasn't worried because I had my girls and my boys who were around me helping me out. And it also taught you an awful lot about character and what we were good at and what we were terrible at and how we treat ourselves when we're not very good at it. There are so many things that you can create. There are so many things that you can proactively initiate before anyone wants to get married to you. So ensure that. Make sure that we're not looking at the affections of another to define your worth because that's not biblical and um, it makes you just spiral pretty quickly if you are in any of those seasons. And of course, Christmas and New Year can often feel that way, whether you've lost someone through death or whether you've gone through divorce or whether you just haven't found that significant other and you're getting on and you're panicking about being 40 or 50 and not having children. It's a real thing. And couples, I just want to say, please ensure that you let your single friends grieve it. Don't try and fix it. Don't be scared of their mess. Just ensure that you allow them to grieve it. And honestly, when we, we, when we address pain that quickly, it goes much quicker. And um, so, I, but I do want you to then understand and be very careful of your words that you use to ensure that, and I can't I remember one of my girlfriends, she's having a third baby very, very soon. I'm so excited. And she's, I've known her since I was 11. We did a lot of life together. And we write letters to each other when I live in America and she's here. And she said to me the other day, she said, I need you to know something. She said, I know that I've witnessed people say to you both on Facebook or in person, oh, well, Carrie, when you have kids, you'll understand. She said, but as a mother of almost three, that's not true. I think you have an understanding of things that many of my friends who have children don't have. Don't think that you are disqualified from wisdom or life experience because you don't have children. And I do remember back in the day, someone from the stage in church had said, I wish you would all have children so that you know what true leadership is like. And I was emceeing, I was on the stage as well. And I, I was like, ooh, be very careful what you say right now because I'd love to know what Jesus Christ said about that. Leadership without kids. Hmm. So... One of the things I did say was uh, not only children teach you many things, but many pains in life teach you things. The fact that um, I lost my father when I was 23 probably made me have to grow up very, very quickly and made me much more astute to things that I didn't have before then. And I had to go through an awful lot of pain that I didn't know how to handle. And I said to this person afterwards off stage, I said, can I just share something with you? Because so many people came up to me after that line that you shared about, I wish you would all have kids so you understood what real leadership, you all need kids so you know what leadership's like. And I thought, 
no, that's not a very, that's not an accurate. I said, because you just disqualified out of the 800 people we were talking to, 560 of them are single. So you basically say none of them are going to be leaders until they have children, which isn't fair. And it's not helping this environment. Secondly, um, no wonder people are rushing to marriage for the wrong reasons if we're, if we're saying things like that. No wonder people are rushing into toxic relationships because we're saying that singledom is um, a terrible n- negative thing. They just haven't found the right one yet. And sometimes it takes a little longer to find for others than others. And I don't believe that we were all meant to marry in our early 20s. I really don't. I think the Lord is just too good at writing so many brilliant stories that therefore there are many brilliant people to write different stories into. So it's toxic if we share and compare our lives with other people. And um, it's very toxic to start any leader from the front suggesting that their marriage and their children um, are what defines them as great leaders. It's a very unwise decision. I do understand that it sometimes creates more trust um, and sometimes too much. <laughs> but um, I am also very aware that no one should be, feel disqualified. Um, and I, I did say this to my leader. I said, one thing I would say to you is you've never lost a parent yet. And I have. And I would say, I would say to you, I can't wait for you. That's like me saying to you, I can't wait for you to know what it really feels like to have a lot of pain so you know what it looks like to give compassion. I've said that, that just wouldn't, that's just not kind. I would never say that to you. So can we just, can we just, for the record, never say that again from the stage and beautifully. He he was great on taking it. He went, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. Shouldn't have said that. Didn't help. I said, I get what you're saying on some levels. I get that children introduce you to factors of your heart that you never thought you had they introduce you to factors of the lord that you didn't realize he could love you as much as you love this child and so i do understand why people come from it but i also am very aware of when people say those kind of things um they haven't necessarily lived life of pain or compassion and or needed compassion enough to be careful of what they're saying So have grace for those people because they actually just haven't experienced what you've experienced and they don't quite understand. They've perhaps never been single until their late 30s or early 40s. Know that those things will come out and uh, you can actually challenge them in time. Hey, yeah, we're not going to adjudicate those. Let's leave those things to the therapist, you know. Um, And then you don't feel scared to approach them again because you've actually set a boundary of like, hey... Not helpful comments, those things. And I feel a little less known by you because of them. So, and I know you love me and I know they're coming from the right space. But do you think we could do something different and not adjudicate why I'm single? Um, I tell you what, couples, let's, let's just try and find people for them rather than try and give them formulas and try and fix them. And one of the things that I would say is the most endearing thing that I have from my friends is that they're often trying to set me up with people. And I honestly can't thank those ones enough. Um, my sweet friend, Kate Lindsick, will be in a coffee shop and she'll see a guy and she'll be adjudicating him from her table and she'll be like, hmm, Carrie, I wonder, let me take a picture and send it. <laughs> and I love Caitlin for that because she's, you know, she's a mother of four 
And she has this brilliant ability to still know what's in our hearts, desires as singles. And we'll do it lightly. She's not trying to force it on me. I also, one of my former flatmates, Miriam, married. Um, she's got three children and uh, she's the same. She's always trying to find someone to set me up with. And uh, she's wonderful, you know, and I love her for it. And I love the fact that these ones are, are looking out for what, we, um, what we'd like. Um, equally, it can get very disheartening when they're setting you up with people that you're like, oh, I don't think so, but thank you. Um, so, but no, I would say the the ones that are trying to set me up with people, I have got the right the right spark of things. They've got the right. Um, they know me well when I see them. So, for me, that's a really beautiful way of um, of connecting even more with your married friends that they're trying to connect you with, maybe brothers of husbands or all those different things. So, uh, never underestimate the power of community and what we all bring to the table. One of the things I just want to share is actually something I wrote a long time ago. And I wrote this. I said, should I ever marry? Here's what I promised to my friends who are yet to wed. I will never consider not inviting you due to couples dynamics. You are important and deserving of a space at the table. I will never assume I know more because I've encountered covenant. I will never, never will you hear the words out of my mouth. You'll understand one day because your life has given you things and experience I've never had the privilege of encountering. I will arrange get-togethers as a, as, um, where, um, okay. I will arrange get-togethers where I, as a married woman, am outnumbered. I will make dinners and personally make special nights for you and your world. I won't expect you to always fit around mine because I created a family. I will never make you feel like you should be in a different season than the one you are in. I will help you chase your dreams. I will remind you of the value that is your voice. I will remind you that you have faced sometimes more difficult hurdles because you have no support or companion to ease the blow. You have to stand alone and that's noble, powerful and victorious. And it requires that for great leaders. I will send you presents for things you achieved outside of babies and children. I will never question what is wrong with you if you haven't found the one. I will remind you of the bullets you missed and the divorces and miserable marriages you avoided. I will not question if you have a sex drive because you are not married. No, I will not forget you when my dreams were fulfilled and I will, well, I will involve you in the mums clubs and the couples nights. I will not forget you. Families, don't forget them and I'll end on that I'll speak to you soon